Welcome to The Breakfast Show, live from London studio. Um, a very warm welcome to you all and to your families. I hope this is Sarah Jaddi Kaladovich and I've had a very good week. So as you know, every week Sangajisi Dry got there to bring on some very inspirational guests and, you know, inspiring guests that are inspiring us as well as the community and the wider community, regardless of whether this is Sikha or non-Sikhs. So today we have a very inspirational guest back with us on the studio, in the studio, on the breakfast show by the name of Satbal Viji from Nanak Nam and I'm sure the Sijere on Sadhana you're here joining us you probably already know who Viji is and if you don't know you'll be sure to find out today and I'm sure after today's show we're going to be getting the feedback that we always do Viji Nikarona when is Viji going to come back can we get the YouTube link so we've got Viji here please just enjoy Karyo as we speak to Baji and the the, the topic today is going to be about are we really happy? So, you know, for you that are in Chardigala, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this. And for those of you that maybe might be feeling, you know, a little bit not that you're not happy, after today, hopefully the show will help you to realise how we can be happy within ourselves. Because we all have those moments where we are up and down within life. But ultimately, as Sikhi always tells us to be in Chardigala, let's find out a little bit more about how we can be happy. Baji, it's such a pleasure to have you back once again. And you know, thank you for always giving us your time out of your busy schedule. You always give us that time, so you know, very humble to have you back here. God thank bless you. It's you. a pleasure to be back here. So, Paji, let's start with: Are we really happy? Is the topic. So, I guess I'd like to ask from my own my own question. You know, Chadikala for me is happiness. You know, Chadikala Vitrail always being Chadikala Sikhi for me, my Bani, everything for me helps me to stay happy, but. You know, what is happiness and how do we know if we are happy then? So I think this is a really interesting subject today. I'm really looking forward to talking about it because, you know, we can talk about Sikhi in terms of history and we can talk about Sikhi in terms of concepts, but I think it actually boils down to one very simple thing, which is Sukh. How do I get more happiness in my life? You know, everyone's here on this planet for however many years they're here. And most of us are looking for a way to just be happy in our life. So. It's really important. It sounds like a really simple concept that we're going to be talking about, or they're only going to be talking about happiness today. But I think when we when we when we deep a little bit deeper into it, we're going to discover that there's a lot more to the subject that that, that we that than we first thought about. And I think the first question, the most fundamental question that you've asked, is is how do we define what happiness is? I think happiness means different things to different people, but to me, I think it's essentially a state of being worry-free. Okay, so jinta, not having jinta. Yeah, not having, okay. not having, not having worries in your life, uh, and having this kind of sense of um, pleasure in how you in, in how you conduct your daily life, in the day-to-day -day things that you're surrounding your life with, uh, and the things that are happening in the world that are out of your control is. For me, happiness is, is a state of mind. Um, I don't define happiness as an external thing at all. It's, it's certainly not about how you portray yourself to other people. For me, it's just like what's actually happening within yourself. Um, and we have to acknowledge that, that at some points in our life, everyone goes through this feeling of um, the, your ups and your downs. Everyone goes through points in which where they just feel incomplete in their life and there's something empty and something missing in your life. And I think we have to acknowledge that happiness is probably one of the biggest drivers in our life. Like, why do you get out of bed in the morning? Why do you go to work in the morning? You go to work to earn money, but you don't do it for the money. You do it because you think that money can actually kind of give you a lifestyle which m makes you be a little bit happier in your life. So the reason we do everything in our life, and we also like, why do we get our children to go to school every day? Because we know that a good education will mean 
a good job, which will mean a more comfortable life, which ultimately will mean that they'll be happier in their life rather than struggling in their life. So happiness is at the root cause of almost everything that we do in our life. But then, Baji, is there different types of happiness? Like what, what, because for example, it's in my life, you know, I've met so many different people and, you know, some of them, you, you realize, because they tell you their, their story of, of their life after, basically, so as an example, you know, I've interviewed somebody and, you know, I've interviewed them and they're so much in Chaddikala, they're so happy. After you finish the show, you actually have a, have a proper chat with them about their life and you realize, you know, I would look at it like this person's so happy, but yeah, look at what they've gone through and they're still going through it, but they're this really happy person. So what are the different types of happiness? Because to me, that person's happy, but yet they're not. Do, do you see what, what I mean? So uh, yeah, I think that this is where it goes back to this idea that, that happiness is very much an internal thing, is not dependent on the external environment. And I think we, we, as a society, we don't generally push that idea. We push the idea that the more things that you surround yourself with, the more comforts that you surround yourself with, the more happy you are. And the, the question I always throw back to other people when, when thinking like this is, if that's the case, then all the billionaires in the world are the happiest people in the world. Yeah, now let's think it. about that. Are all the celebrities the happiest people in the world? No. Are all the richest businessmen in the world, are they the happiest people in the world? And when we look at that in that way, then we realize actually they're not that happy. You still have celebrities that are doing all sorts of weird and wonderful things because they've earned all their money. And I think they reach a point where they actually say, I have nothing else left to buy. I've bought everything and I'm still not happy. So what they've realized is happiness had nothing to do with the external world. And so this is where we're also seeing examples. We, we, we see a lot of times where charity workers and, and people from the media, certainly in the West, they go out to what they would call more sort of developing countries, um, poorer countries, and they see children which are like living in absolute squalor and, and, and terrible conditions. So we think they shouldn't be happy, except they, what, they always come back and say, we couldn't believe how happy those children were. Mm -hmm. You know, anyone who goes and gives, uh, does some charity work in some poorer countries, they always come back and say, we couldn't believe how happy those children were. It doesn't make sense to us. So happiness is less to do with the, with the external. And so, you, you know, going back to your question, you asked about are there different types of happiness? Mm -hmm. I think this is where people get really confused. I think I think people confused uh, fun, they can confuse entertainment, they confuse excitement mm -hmm. with things like happiness. So I think there are different levels of happiness and I'd like to almost go through what yes. I think are some, some of the different levels yes. of happiness. Please. On the very basic level, we have to look at people's happiness is to some extent tied in with the external external environment. Mm -hmm. So as long as you have your basic needs like your food, your shelter, warmth, security, protection, um, those are your absolute basic needs that almost everyone needs. I'm talking about the real just common man. Of course, there are going to be exceptions to all of these things. There are going to be people who have no food that are still happy. But on the general basis, I think you, you, you need your basic pleasures. You, need, and I think you could almost call them necessities. In order to be happy, you need your basic kind of necessities. Uh, companionship is another one. You know, people who have everything, but they don't have anyone in, in their life. So that's your basic kind of needs, I'd call that. In order to be happy, you need that. But what happens at that point? Once you've got your basic needs met, then the human being isn't happy with, with just that. Now let's, let's compare ourselves to animals. All animals are perfectly content with, with, with feeling safe, with having 
you know, their, 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 their mate and having offspring and they have food. That's pretty much it. They don't actually strive for anything more than that. The human is a slightly different animal. We work in a different way. So once we have those basic needs, we then move on to sensory pleasures. So that's the point at which we start adding a bit of spice and flavor to our life and, and enjoyment. And that's where things like music and art and good food comes in and nice clothes. You kind of feel happier when you get those things in your life. And I think that's where the majority of humanity is stuck. We're kind of just stuck at what I would say the second level, which is we're just looking after entertainment. So, you know, we, we're not just happy with eating a salad every day. We've got to put some nice flavors on there. We've got to have some nice foods. And then you, you start having things essentially which are bad for you. Yeah. Like you put a lot of cheese and a lot of salt and a lot of sugar in your foods. Why? Because those sensory pleasures are what you then perceive to be happiness. Yeah. And so to me, that's like the second level of happiness. Okay. The third level of happiness is what I would call contentment. Okay. And that's where you get uh, people who are saying that I've got everything in my life and I'm happy. I've got everything. I've, I've earned what I want in my life. Interestingly, we see a lot of our elderly, our bazurg, in that kind of that santusht phase where they're saying, uh, that I've done everything in my life. You know, like I've seen everything, I've done everything. Like I'm, I'm okay. We talk about contentment. That, you know, I, I don't need anything more in my life. And we hear a lot of our bazurg talking about that, um, which is that they don't have anything more that they want to achieve in life. They've kind of accepted that they've done, they've lived a very full life. And even when we, when we go to funerals, we, we, you know, we like to say this person lived a full life. That's for me my third level. And then I think what I would call the final level of happiness is, is bliss. And I think that's where Gurbani and Sikhi is trying to get you to. So when we hear the words, let, let's, look at, let's look at the kind of words that appears in Gurbani by the Pagats, by the Gurus. What's their everyday experience? The everyday experience, they talk about Anand, they talk about bliss, they talk about euphoria, where they're in this Maha Anand, right? And we have to really ask ourselves, is that our everyday experience? Yeah, because if that's not our everyday experience, then they're doing something that's different to what we're doing. And that's where we have to look at where Gurbani can really get you to. What the Guru is trying to do is to get you to a state where, I mean, I, I love this line um, by Pagat Kabirji, and he's, he talks about death being very happy. Oh, really? And he says, The death that the whole world is afraid of, that death brings bliss to my mind. He uses the word anand. Wow. And he says, Marne hite paaye puran param anand. He says, by dying, I'm going to have supreme bliss. Mm. Now that's not a common way of thinking. Exactly. So what we have to think about is, what are these guys doing? You know, these great bhagats, these great saints, what are they doing? Because we can't say that in our everyday, we like to say, oh, I'm in Jardikala. But in reality, our everyday life is, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm all right. Not everyone is going through this immense bliss at every moment where they're just blissed out all of the time. If somebody's like that, you think, well, maybe he's on something like that guy's not normal. Yeah. But the gurus and the bhagats are talking about their life being in this chardikala. They're always excited. They're always happy. They're in a state that no matter what life throws at them, they're like, I'm, I'm just at a different level in my mindset. And that's a bliss that I think the most common people like you and me, we don't tend to mm -hmm. experience. I certainly don't have that on a day-to-day on -day basis. But I think that's where my guru wants me to be because I think what the guru is saying is that experience is possible and it's possible all the time 
And the common man needs to understand that these are essentially just human beings. Well, these are what these gurus and these bhagats were. These are human beings who found a way of having that supreme happiness, and that was not related to how much they, own, they earned or how much they owned in life. Then, buddy, how can we, like you said, because it's true, we know I can't say that I'm one of them, how can we be taking the steps, walking on the path to have that state of mind, or at least work towards that state of mind where, you know, we could say, actually, death for me is an und. You know, like, what do we need to how do? How do we get there? How do we get there? That's, that's it, yeah. That's a really fundamental question. And to me, how you, how you get there, and, and by all means, don't, don't think that I'm, <laughs> I, I'm some sort of expert in this stage, right? But um, for me, you know, having had the opportunity to sort of spend a lot of time with Gurbani and, and, and read Gurbani and really sort of reflect on, 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 on how I think we can apply that in our life, um, I think how we can get there is by first understanding what causes our suffering. So rather than thinking, how do I get happy? Well, it's actually, well, what are you doing right now that means that you're not happy? Mm -hmm. Happiness isn't something that you have to do much later on in life. It's like actually right here in your life, nothing has to fundamentally change in your life. You don't have to buy a lot of stuff. You don't have to dress a particular way. So what do you have to do? You have to understand what am I doing in my life that means I'm not happy. So if you identify the things that are causing your unease in your life, that kind of difficulty, that things that just don't make you feel great in your life and which is everything and anything can do that like you could burn your toast and you could feel horrible <laughs> right now what what's what's the difference is the toast isn't the problem the problem is how you react to the world so we need to understand our internal mindset and says that even if you burn your toast there's something in your head that says wow look how funny that is you change every scenario what you do is you change your reaction to it yeah. and I think that's the really important thing about how do you identify what it is? To me, what Gurbani says is your biggest problem, the reason you're not happy in life, is your desires. Right. What do we mean by that? Yeah, like what are desires? Desires, I simplify it, because look, I, for me, I'm, I'm really lucky that, that, uh, that at home we have Guru Granth Sahib Ji Maharaj at home, and we take a hukam nama on a regular basis, mm -hmm. and I sit in front of my kids, and I have to look at a hukam nama and try and explain to my children. Aww. So I have now, sort of fine-tune this ability, ability to take something that's, that sort of seems quite complicated and, and explain it to a five-year-old. Oh, and the way I describe desires, to my kids at least, is the statement, I want. And I tell my children, I want is the biggest cause of sadness. If you say, I want anything in life, that means you are sad. And that sounds like, well, that's a little bit strange. But what is it, if we break that down a little bit further, as soon as you say, I want, anything, what you're basically saying is, I don't have. Mm. I don't have is clearly a statement of, 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 of Duk. Because if you say, do you have that? No, I don't. How do you feel? I don't feel very good. I want it. I want identifies first that I don't have something. This is why Gurbani puts calm, desire, as one of the worst things. As your desires are the reason, your trishana, all of these things, Gurbani uses a lot of words for desires, is that that is the ultimate root cause of your problem. So I teach my children, anytime you're feeling sad, it's because there's something that you want. Mm -hmm. Even if you're saying, I don't want this to happen, what you're basically saying is, I want the world to be some, something else. Right? And that's yeah. really important. In everyday scenarios, the moment you feel like you're not happy, the reason behind it is because you don't want what's happening right now. And what you're saying is, I want something more. 
and that goes for wanting even success in life mm -hmm. even you know you're flicking you know you're, you're you're on the internet and you're doing online shopping and saying i can't really afford that but i really wish i had that yeah. that little feeling is basically you're triggering off this little duck this little sadness inside you and what we do is in our life we're doing that at every moment so there's a solution to that what and i tell my kids this yes. solution the solution to the sadness which is caused by the statement i want is to say i'm okay okay at every moment, whatever is happening, no matter what life throws at you, you say, I'm okay. And that is a very simple way to explain essentially what Gurbani is saying, which is desires cause your suffering mm. and detachment causes your pleasure, which is to say, I'm okay. If I get it, great. If I don't get it, I'm still happy. And what we're doing is we're changing, we're rewiring our brain. And, I, and I, I'm a computer science guy, right? So I talk about <laughs> I things, <laughs> I can tell, I, I talk about things from, from, a, from an IT perspective. Yeah. And what, I, what I, I honestly say is Gurbani is like a reprogramming. It's like clearing out bad software. Like, like our thinking is like a virus yeah. and Gurbani is like reinstalling the software. Yeah. And you kind of clear out the old virus the old ways of thinking and Guruji gives you a new way of thinking so we have to understand that Gurbani isn't about praying Gurbani isn't about doing lots of part it's about actually what is the Guru saying and am I doing that stuff has the Guru changed the way I think and the simple way to understand happiness is every time you want something you're guaranteed sadness wanting equals sadness to say I'm okay is to separate yourself from the external environment and say I'm always happy yeah, no, I like that. And I was just thinking, Bhaji, when you were talking, out with the polluted hard drive and in with the completely clear yeah, hard drive. It's upgrade. It's an upgrade. That's it, yeah. And, and obviously fill that with good thoughts and, and good things and that I'm okay. So, Bhaji, you know, you've got young children and, you know, you're teaching, like one of them is obviously five years old and you're reading, well, kind of explaining, you're explaining, reading Barney Bob's explaining the Hukum Naman to them. Yeah. You know, from a young child's perspective, what, how, how do they then react or, you know, what do, do they say to you, but do they ever come to you and say, well, Pitaji, I'm a bit upset about this. Or, like, give me a little bit of an insight into what the kids say to you. Because that's really, a five-year-old is young. And to take in what you're telling them, I'm thinking of when I was five years old, I'd be saying, maybe I wouldn't be at that age, but still, you know, like when you think you're really not, you couldn't be able to, consume and take that in how do they react for me i think it's about um constantly reinforcing the same message and and, and by having um guru maharaj at home and having the ability and, and you know you can do this even by taking an online hukam nama and just sit with your children so we do this before they go to school every morning before they go to school the 10 minutes or so before they're w walking out the door um, we sit down we go through the hukam nama we go through the meaning and it's about reinforcing that message day in day out so when the scenario actually happens where they're feeling a little bit sad mm. then i can say is it because you want something right now is that causing your sadness and because they've had that message a lot of time they'll think yeah you're right it is because of that Again, one of the things that I do with um, the Panch Jor, um, rather than referring to them as, as thieves, I refer to them as snakes. Okay. So I teach them the, um, about snakes, and, and this works particularly well with, with anger. I say that the angry snake is biting you right now. Right, okay. So what I, what I teach them is that anger isn't something to do with them, it's an external thing. It's something that is, that is attacking you. And Gurbani uses the same analogy. When it talks about five thieves, it says that basically it's something that's attacking you. It's stealing something from you. And what it's doing, it's stealing your happiness. So wh whenever they get really angry, I don't, I don't 
try and maybe they're angry at me for some reason because they're like you know dad you're not letting me do this I actually don't provoke that anger any further I, I, I try and make myself a little bit calm and I say look okay let's put the, the argument that we're having to one side for a moment and let's just deal with the fact that the angry snake is biting you right now mm. and I because I teach them about the angry snake and I say right now the angry snake is biting you and I want to help you get that snake away from you what? And so I, I teach them breathing techniques right. and I teach them a little bit of meditation right there at that moment. Look, just calm down. Let's breathe. Let's breathe together. And me, as, my, as a parent to you, my responsibility now is not to win the argument. My responsibility to you now is to get that snake away from you. And I hope that in, as they get more mature, that they start doing that to me. I want them to turn around and say, Dad, the angry snake is biting you because I get angry. So I want them to turn around and then that will be a way to create Sangat within the family. The family is all helping each other. So I tell them, okay, let's do some big breathing. I don't call it meditation, I call it big breathing. Big breathing through the nose, out, and then I, I teach them very simple techniques. And I have a lot of these on our YouTube channel as well. Okay. I teach them, I, I've got something called um, the dragon meditation, um, which is basically there's a fire inside you. You're calm, crowd, lob, mohankar. They're like fires inside you and they're burning you right now. So every time you say, I want to have that toy and my brother is playing with that toy, there's a little fire burning inside you. And what does a dragon do? He blows the fire out. So I say, let's get rid of those fires. So you've got to teach people on a very, very basic way. And again, this is now, this is applied spirituality. This is exactly what the gurus are saying, but how do you apply it on a day-to-day -day basis? And it's completely relevant to adults as well, which is how do you take your everyday emotional state and make it slightly better through meditation, through the wisdom of the guru? Yeah, no, I, I really like that because that's what my next question, Paji, before we go to, we've got four minutes till we go to break, but before we do go to break, anger, does that then take away happiness? So for example, you know, if somebody's angry, actually somebody could be really happy, something makes them angry, does that then, that eats into people's happiness, correct? Remember I talked about I want yeah. being, the, the, being the biggest cause of suffering? Your calm, krodh, lob, mohankar all sit above desire. This is why calm comes first. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately anger is also another type of, of calm. It's another type of desire. But look, when you're angry at someone, what are you saying? I want you to understand my perspective. I want you to think like me. I want you to do what I want. Yeah. Isn't that what anger it is? is? It is anger yeah. is basically yeah. saying, what you're doing is not good enough. I want you to do what I'm telling you to do. Exactly. So I want is still the reason why you get angry. So at the root of, so yes, you're absolutely right. Anger does take your happiness away mm -hmm. because it, there's a desire underneath that. So can you now understand that your anger is caused by your desire and your desire is just a desire, it's just an opinion. You have a particular way, look, look let's for example, you want to make a certain thing for dinner and I say I want to make something else for dinner. Neither is right or wrong, you have an opinion and I have an opinion. Now anger comes when I'm going to get so agitated by your opinion yeah that I'm going to think I have to, I have to do something about it and I have to shout and scream at you in order to get my way. So ultimately you have to understand that your, your thought is just a thought. So who cares what you, what you want for dinner or what they want for dinner? Can you control your emotional state independently from your thoughts? Don't worry about what your thoughts are. If you make your dinner, fine. If I make my dinner, fine. And, and I'm trying to keep it as simple and practical yeah. as possible. Is the cause of our arguments 
comes from our desires, where my thought is such a priority to me that I think my thought is the most important thought in the world. So really, Baji, from what I understand, what you're trying to say is, for, like, for example, is, like, the mind is really can be your best friend or your worst enemy. To keep yourself happy and to be, to be at least be happy is to kind of eradicate those thoughts which may start like from a small thought to a big thought and it could then start making you become angry so try not to dwell on the thought so much really completely and this is where your practice your nam simran and meditation uh, and i know you were you're interested in talking about that more maybe in the second half of the show yeah, is minute. that nam simran and meditation allows you to detach yourself from your thoughts so if you can start becoming aware of your thought and if you can start realizing i'm starting to become angry that is such an important thing to be able to do to recognize when a thought comes and recognize that's going to have consequences if i jump on that thought yeah. if i go with that thought it's going to make me angry it's going to make me shout it's going to make me do these things so to to nam simran and meditation is the reason we do those things is so that we can see our thoughts and we don't necessarily have to engage with that. Okay, so we'll be we'll continue that after the break. Welcome back Sangaji after the short break. If you have just joined us, we have Satpal Viji from Nanak Nam here with us today and the subject that we are talking about is are we really happy? Before I go back to Baji in the second half, I just want to share a meta thought of the day with you, which is Manjite Jagjit, conquer your mind, you can conquer the world. So I then go on to Baji to say about you know about about this manjite jagjit as we were talking about the common ways in which we seek happiness and do they work? How does this interlink with that? So before the break, we were talking about um, this idea that our desires are at the root of some of our emotional distress that we experience, and we talked about the the statement I want being one of the biggest problems. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to read you a quote. Please. I want to read you a quote <laughs> yeah. um, by, um, by um, Guru Amr Das Ji in Gurbani. Okay. Uh, and there's a fantastic line which Guruji says, which is, Asa vich at dukh kana manmukh chit laya gurmukh pae niras param sukhpaya. And he says, Asa vich at dukh kana. In your desires, you are in deep suffering. So I just want to make sure that, that people are, are, are clear that, that the kind of language that we use about I want and, and the angry snake and things like that, they are very closely tied into what, what Gurbani is saying. We're just kind of using a more kind of modern twist on, on the language. Gurbani, Guruji is actually saying here, Asa, in our desires, Asrakna, Atta you are in deep suffering. And Manamukha Chitalaya, because you're constantly listening to the voice in your head. Yeah, so the voice in your head, manamuk, you're facing your mind. Again, these are one of the things that I've, I've done with, with the Nanak Nam charity and, and what we see with the videos on, on the Nanak Nam YouTube channel is I've, I've fundamentally redefined a lot of things which right. people have always seen in a particular way. I've completely updated and changed that, that way of thinking to make it completely relevant to our life. So people always think manamuk is a bad person and a gurmuk is a good person. But Gurbani doesn't mean that when he's saying manamuk. You and me are manamuks. We are all manamuks right. because as long as we listen to the voice in our head all the time, what it means, manamuk means we're facing the mind. Okay. So you are facing the mind, which means you're on, constantly listening to the voice in your head. And you believe whatever the voice in your head uh, says is an absolute truth. Mm -hmm. There's a great quote that I'm sure everyone would have seen on Facebook and, and, and these Instagram and things like that, which is don't believe everything you think. 
Yeah, I like that actually. That Don't believe everything you think, and that's what we do. We absolutely we believe do. everything we think. And Guruji is really pointing to the same thing that in your desire, you are in deep suffering because you are facing your mind. Yeah? Manamukha chitlaya, because you've put your, your, your awareness just on your mind. Gurumukha pae niras, by facing the Guru, by listening to what the Guru is teaching you, by, by reprogramming your thinking to the Guru's way of thinking, you become niras without desire yeah ass is desire without hopes you, you you become free from your desire you become desireless and then param sukhpaya you get ultimate supreme happiness and supreme bliss so desires are completely tied in with our state of happiness mm -hmm. so this is what we were talking about before about what some of the people do and so let's let's take this to a more practical level yeah we talked about the majority at the beginning of the show, we talked about the majority of people are, are at this kind of second level of happiness as I've sort of outlined the four stages of happiness which is your absolute basic necessities, then your sensory pleasures which is what everyone is, is after, then contentment at some point in your life you say I don't need anything more and then we talk about supreme bliss which is kind of the spiritual bliss um, which is what we should be aiming for. Everyone is stuck at this second level which is sensory pleasures. So the most common way that we think we want to be happy in life is that we just go out and buy stuff. We buy entertainment, we buy good food, we buy nice clothes um, and we just have this mentality that the more consumerism we get involved with, um, the more happy, happy we're going to be. Now this is something really interesting. When we're children, what is the one thing we're taught? We're taught money doesn't buy you happiness. happiness. When you grow up, you spend your whole life chasing after money because the more money you have, you think your money is going to give you happiness. True. So what we're taught as a child, that money doesn't buy you happiness, we completely ignore that. And as you grow up in reality, we say, oh yeah, but that's not really true. Now, let's, I, I, I want us to be quite frank and quite honest here. The truth of the matter is you can have a very comfortable lifestyle with a lot of money. So the truth is, yes, money can buy you a level of comfort and a level that you think, actually, you know what, yeah, I've made it in the world and, and, and great things. Um, I feel a lot better in my life because I have, look, I, I wouldn't be as happy as I am if I was in rags and if I, you know, I'm not at that spiritual state, right? Mm -hmm. So the tr truth of the matter is there is a level of comfort that we do like to associate ourselves with and we would rather be well off rather than in, in complete poverty. But the, the Bhagats aren't at that level, the Gurus aren't at that level. They're at the level where regardless of what's happening externally, they're not affected by it. Because they've, they've got this level of detachment. So now I'm introducing a, a new idea here, mm -hmm. which is detachment. Which is a complete distinction from your emotional state to the external. Mm -hmm. Nothing in the external world is going to affect my Chardikala. My Chardikala is not determined by whatever is happening outside. It's not even determined by the thoughts that are happening in my head. It's determined by an absolute state of stillness. And this is where Naam Simran and meditation help you to reach a happiness which is beyond thought mm -hmm. and it's beyond body and it's certainly beyond materialism and the external. So there is a real reason why the Guru wants you to do that meditation and yeah. practice, not to find some God who's, you know, an old man with a white beard sitting in the clouds. We're not interested mm -hmm. in that way of thinking. The Gurus reject that way of thinking, that externalizing God. Yeah. The Guru is saying that within you is God and what that means is God is Sat Chit Anand, which is this, this pure happiness 
And now some people get really confused when I introduce terminology, terminology like this, and certainly terminology that predates uh, Sikhi. But again, I always introduce terminology and back them up with Gurbani. Um, you know, Jab Sabji is also talking about um, Sat Chit Anand in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this idea that God is essentially your deepest, happiest, most blissful state of being. That's essentially what God is. God is the highest way of thinking within you. That means that it is this consciousness that is beyond external pleasures. And that's essentially what you have to connect with. So your Nam Simran is now no longer looking for Mr. God, white yeah. beard in the clouds. It's the God that's within you. Yeah. Because sab gobindha, sab gobindha, gobindha, koi. Everything is God and you yourself are God as well. So happiness is now related to your inner state. Your happiness is directly related to how deep within yourself you can go and how much beyond your thoughts you can, you can transcend. And then from there, Bhaji, if you got to that state, is there such thing as there is true happiness then? You know, if you got to that state in your life where you're not letting the, the outer, the world or the social media that people put up, that they really, all of these things, they don't affect you, and you're at that state, is there such thing as true happiness? I think, I think there, there is true happiness. But I think the way the world has been chasing after happiness has been misguided. Mm-hmm. I think there is true happiness, but that true happiness comes from an inner happiness, not an external happiness. And so your inner happiness comes from the fact that are you able to rise above your attachments? We talked about attachments earlier mm-hmm. as well. If you're able to rise above everything that you're attached to, so are you attached to your family? Are you attached to your children? Are you attached to your husband, your wife, your parents? You know, some people, unfortunately, they're so attached that even if somebody passes away, they're not able to let go. They're not able to let go of the love of their mom who's passed away or something like that. So the attachment is causing their suffering. The more that you are able to separate yourself from your attachments, from your thoughts, because your thoughts are also a cause of grief. So you're sitting even, you know, you're sitting in the Gurdwara and somebody walks past you know, you're supposed to be meditating, but somebody walks past that you don't like. What happens? Your thought goes to that person. Yeah. I don't like that person. I can't believe what they did to me. You know, they shouldn't have done that. And when they did that to me, this is what happened in my life. And then my friends started turning against me. Mm-hmm. So your, your thoughts are causing your suffering. What, what, what you should be doing is sitting in meditation, but you're manamuk, you're facing your mind. And so I think there is true happiness, but we need to listen to what the Guru is saying, because the Guru tells you that true happiness is detachment from the external world and detachment from your mind, from your thoughts. So you don't have to listen to everything that your mind tells you. You don't have to follow that all the time. The only way you're going to do that is if you've given yourself something else to attach to. Mm -hmm. And that's where Guru says, attach yourself to Naam. Attach yourself to a meditative practice that no matter what your thoughts are doing, you can say, like for example, even in meditation, thoughts are flying around all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, the the standard question we always get is, you know, manunitikada, like I can't stay in my mind. That's, That's not a problem. Asking your mind to be still is like asking your heart to stop beating or asking your nose to stop breathing. That's what it does. The heart beats, the nose breathes, and the mind thinks. So we're not asking the mind to stop. We're just detaching ourselves from the mind so that when you're sitting in Nam Simran, even if a thought comes up, oh, I've got to do this, oh, I can't believe that happened. Even if that thought comes up, you just don't jump on that train. So I have a really practical example that I'd you love to share. Please. 
the way I like to share the example of, of meditation and what is happening within the mind as an internal process is as though imagine you're standing on a platform at a train station. Every train that comes past is like a thought that's flying around. Now, you're going to choose which train you get on, right? The first train that comes, you don't just jump on the train because it could be going in the opposite direction to where you want to go. This is exactly what is possible with meditation with the mind, is that you sit there and you become comfortable with just sitting on the train, being content, and even if the mind says, oh, stop doing meditation, this is boring, you don't have to jump on that thought. Or the, the, the meditation says, it's been 10 minutes now, don't you have something else to do? Right? That is an, your mind is basically trying to get your attention. It's like a little child saying, look at me, look at me. Your mind is trying to do that all the time. The question is, do you choose to jump on that thought and then go with that thought, which is what we do. We jump on the thought because we think whatever our mind is saying, that's, that's me, I'm talking in my head. But meditation teaches you that that thought isn't you. Yeah, and you have a choice whether you want to jump on that train or meditation, which is to allow all the thoughts to come and go, every train to come and go, but you say, I'm not going to jump on any of those, and I'm going to sit on the train. And what is the train? The mantra that you're, that you're using, that grounds you to the platform. That naam, whatever, wahiguru, mantra, tuhi, tuhi, whatever, ram, Allah, whatever it is, yeah. is that you are using that to say, I'm going to hold on to this and whatever else that's, that's happening in my mind. Once you do that, once you get a practice of doing that, that's when you can go out in the real world and everyday stuff can happen to you. Your mind can say, did she just say that to me? Did he just do that? You, you, your mind starts having those thoughts, but you say, I'm not going to jump on that thought. I'm not going to allow myself to get angry. I'm not going to allow myself to do that. So we can be having a discussion and you could say something that really hurts. What are you hurting? Are you hurting me or are you just hurting a thought? You're hurting a thought, thought and the thought comes up in my head. Oh, I can't believe she just said that to me, right? <laughs> so what we do is then we just jump on that thought. Yeah. Oh, isn't she horrible? I knew she was like that. So we just start doing that. And because you haven't got into a practice that taught you, you don't have to jump on that thought. You didn't have to think like that. Yeah. So yeah. meditation allows you to detach yourself from the external and detach yourself from your thinking. So Bhaji, in a way, is that kind of saying you're controlling your mind rather than your mind controlling you? And this goes back to your quote, doesn't it? Yeah. Manajite Jagjit. And I think this is probably one of the mis most misquoted uh, things within Gurbani. And the reason is that because we get a lot of new age spirituality, we get a lot of life coaches teaching you conquer your mind and you will conquer yeah. the world. <laughs> and what they're really trying to say is basically if you are focused enough, if you are motivated enough, then you can go out there and you can achieve that success that you want. Uh, so there's a lot of new age modern spirituality that's all about success all about material success like get the job that you want think positive and you will you know and checks will start you know bank your, your bank will just start in, increasing and, and lots of money will start coming into into your bank account um, this isn't gurmati in any way this isn't true spirituality because what modern um, these kind of uh, lifestyle gurus and stuff are trying to do is they're still locked within the world they're locked within the world so they haven't they haven't overcome the world 
And what Guru is trying to say is you can overcome the world. It doesn't mean, Jagjit here doesn't mean that you can conquer the world, right. that you can go out there and become <laughs> a millionaire and you can become the president of the, of, the, of the country or whatever it is. That's not what it's saying. It's like if you have a strong thought, then you can, you can do anything, you can achieve anything. That's how people have misquoted Manjit and Jagjit. And I don't think that's what it's saying. Mm -hmm. It's saying if you've conquered your mind, then the world becomes something that can no longer affect you. Right. Yeah? You are now in control. You are in control and the world isn't controlling you. So you see people who've got a lot of money and you don't start thinking, man, I really wish I had that kind of money. Mm -hmm. Or people are driving by with great cars or good clothes or, or, or a successful job. Because what we've been led to believe is the more material you have, the happier you'll be. But we know that that's not really true because the billionaires aren't happy, the celebrities aren't happy. Exactly. So we know that, let's, I mean, I, I love talking about the celebrities and the billionaires because what you end up seeing is those guys, once they've achieved everything, then they start drinking very heavily, then they start going into drugs. Why? Because they've realized that nothing I can do, you know, these celebrities have got great lifestyles and they're like sleeping around with whoever they want. They've got all the, all the attention that they need but they're still not happy and what do they start doing after that then they start going into yoga then they start going into mindfulness then they start going into spirituality yeah. and so you see all these celebrities once they've gained it all once they've squandered it all once they've lost it all then they say you know what this is not where it's at and then they start going and doing all the Indian things all the Indian spiritual things mm -hmm. because they realize that Indian spirituality Eastern spirituality has always had the answer which is get over these things, get over your way of thinking, and your way of thinking has caused all of these problems. Manajite Jagjit is essentially to say that if you conquer the, your, your, your mindset, if you're able to control your mind, the reality is that we like to think we're in control of our mind, but in reality we're slaves to our mind. Mm -hmm. Our mind does completely the things that it wants to do, and we're like slaves, we're like, okay mind, oh you said I should do this, I should have those 10 donuts, okay, I'm going to go have those 10 donuts. We know it's bad for us, yeah. we know that's going to cause us suffering later on, but our mind is the king, the mind says go do it, and we do it. So we need a practice, and this is where I think we're going to start talking about Nam Semana yes. meditation a bit more, is that we need a practice to control the mind, and then that will control how we deal with the world. Not that we conquer the world and we get lots of material success. Yeah, no, I really like that, Bhaji, and that does lead on to the next thing that I wanted to ask you was, you know, is spiritual bliss really achievable? And how can we achieve it using, you know, the Sikhi teachings like Simran and Amritvela? So, we've, we've touched upon this idea of Simran. Now, in the world today, there's something that's becoming very popular, which is mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So, a few years ago, a lot of people were talking about yoga. Then after that, the word meditation became really popular and everyone was like, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm into meditation. Now everyone's into, into mindfulness. Um, Gurbani's always been mindfulness. What Gurbani has done, and what the way I like to talk about Simran is, I, I've I've coined this phrase uh, mantra mindfulness. Mm -hmm. What Gurbani is doing is is taking mantra and combining it with mindfulness. And what that means, what does mindfulness mean, and why that's different to meditation is. Meditation has always been seen as something that you sit down and you do in a particular time. Like you have to go out of your way to do that. And yes, we have that practice as well. That's what Amrita Vila is, mm -hmm. that's what uh, Mantar Jap is, we do that Vaiguru Simran and those sorts of things. But what the Guru taught us is that your meditation doesn't stop when, you, when, when, you're, when you're not sitting anymore. What does the Guru teach us? Uthat, Bhatat, Sovat, Jagat. When you're awake, 
when you're sitting, when you're standing, when you're sleeping, at every moment, mantar is going on. So this is where a bit more mindfulness is, and this is what I call Sikhi, Simran, is mantar mindfulness or mantra mindfulness, which is this idea that as the day is going on, in your everyday activities, you should be doing meditation. Mm -hmm. You should be mindful. You should be doing a mantar. So remember what we talked about, the whole point of Naam yes. Simran is to detach yourself from your thinking. Well, you should be doing that as much as possible. Even now, while we're having this conversation, there can be a little bit of mantar going on mm -hmm. behind you. Certainly, when you're doing things, I always recommend people, there are times in the day when you need your brain. You need to think. Like for example, like you're sitting at work and somebody has a problem that they place in front of you, right? You've got to sit there, you've got to apply your brain. Students, when they're, when they're in some deep calculation or something yeah. like that, you know, they've got to use their brain. But there's, a, there's very few times in the day where you really have to think. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of free time in the day when you don't have to think. When you're commuting, when you're walking, when you're hoovering, when you're cleaning, when you're driving. Yeah. There's a lot of time in the day where, what do we do with our mind? That's the time where we just allow ourselves to daydream all the time. Mm -hmm. So the majority of our day, we have free, free time that we don't need to be really concentrating on something. That's the time where we should be using uh, mantar. So I always recommend people, as soon as you wake up in the morning, start doing a bit of mantar. Start your Amrit Vela, not that I've got to get up, have a shower, do this, do that, no. put, my, put my nice clean clothes on, then sit down and do my part. You've wasted a good half an hour, 45 minutes opportunity to be doing Naam Simran while you're doing it. I say as soon as you get up, you start doing it. Mm -hmm. And the Gurbani recommends the same thing. The true Sikh of the Guru is the one, the first thing they do when they wake up, Naam starts getting kicked mm -hmm. off. Yeah, so you start doing. So I'm, I'm recommending people while you're brushing your teeth, Wahikru, Wahikru, Tuhi, Tuhi, whatever the mantra is. I'm not precious about the mantra at all, and I and I genuinely recommend people if you if you don't connect with a Punjabi mantra with a Gurbani mantra, use an English mantra. It doesn't matter. Yeah, don't 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 let anything be a hindrance that says, oh, I can't do Nam Simran. I say, do Nam Simran in English. It's all right. Eventually, you'll learn what Gurbani means. But right now, don't worry about it. So while you're brushing your teeth, while you're making your toast, you know, in, in, yeah. doing that, while you're having your shower, whatever it is, think about what you're doing all those times, you're daydreaming. Use that so mantar and simran become something that you do on a minute-by-minute minute basis. And every moment what you're doing is you're creating your happiness. You're saying, happiness is within me yeah. and the external world isn't controlling my happiness. I'm not connecting with my mind all the time and I'm not just chasing after every worldly desire. So that's to me what, what Amrit Vela means. Yeah. That's to me what Nam Simran means. Of course there is a practice to get up early in the morning because that goes back to Manjite Jagajit. Yeah. The reason you can't wake up in the morning is because your mind is in control. Your mind says, the bed is comfortable, <laughs> I'm nice and warm, I'm cozy, I don't want to get up. And that's true, we all go through that. I mean, let's not kid ourselves, this is, this is the way we think. Yeah. But Amrit Vela says, you talk to your mind, and what I do with my mind, I have a daily battle, right? So if I'm trying to do Amrit Vela and my mind says to me, ah, forget it, don't do it today, just stay in bed. Yeah. I actually say to my mind, no, you are the reason why I'm doing the Amrit Vela. That very voice in my head that tells me, it's you that I'm trying to control. Do you see what I mean? I do. And I, what we do is yeah. we listen to that mind and the mind says, don't do it. I say, no, no, you're the problem. I'm, my Amrit Vela is to solve you, is to resolve that, that voice in your head that says you don't need to do it. So there's a real practical reason why you got to get up in the morning because you got to overcome that mind, manjite jagjit.
And buddy, can I share something with you? It's so funny that you said that. It's like you've read my mind. So we've got about less less than five minutes left, but just really quickly, you know what I do in the morning? So I've started getting up for Amadwela and it's so funny what you've just said. The bunch George say to you, no, you know, your bed's warm, stay asleep. So do you know what, I, and I share this with everybody because it helps me, similarly to what you've just said as well, because of because of the bunch jawed, I'm like, no, actually, because of you, I'm going to get up. I'm going to make sure I get up. You know, the other thing that I do when I make my bed, I say to them, bunch jawed, the good night, stay in the bed nice and warm, and I'll see you when That's I get fantastic. back. I'm with Rila. That's and fantastic. So funny you just shared that because you're 100% right. For somebody who's watching as well, I just want to say, Sangaji, as Baji has just said, impractical. Actually, if you do that, it does work because I'm doing it myself. So what you've just said is so true because that's exactly what I do. And it makes me jump out of bed yeah. straight away yeah. and say to them, why could you can't say, you, but I'll see you later. That's a fantastic so, way. And you, know, you do that to all your thoughts. And yeah. say, like, mind, you stay in bed. I'm going to do exactly. that. That's fantastic. Yeah, I really so like that. I wanted to share that with you. And then, Baji, just obviously, we've got like probably about two minutes left now really quickly. What about in terms of people who have real struggles in life, you know, like they're starving, wars, disease, you know, that kind of stuff. On under happiness, everybody, you know, what would you like to say? Because they're not happy, they've got these struggles. I think that's a very difficult situation in life, and we can't just start preaching them uh, to them, oh, just, just let go of your desires, oh, you know, your, your family have just been blown up by a, by a bomb or something like mm -hmm. that, you know, you're in a war zone, just, just, just detach yourself from it. We can't just be insensitive like that. But the, the reality is that the more you expose yourself to this guru's way of thinking, um, the more you're helping people to deal with the realities. So for me, the way I would help those people is that you help them with their emotional state through a physical practice like meditation, mm -hmm. like Nam Simran. You actually show them that no matter what's happening, you can find a way to calm yourself down. Yes, we can't change the external. And for me, I think that Gurbani has demonstrated, the Gurus have demonstrated that in the hardest conditions, the Gursiks and the Gurus, like the perfect example, Guru Arjan Dev Ji Shahidi, the fifth Guru, sitting on the Tatitavi, on the burning plate, and we know that he's singing Tera Kiya Mithalage. So the Guru has demonstrated that even through torture, he can create a mindset that says, I'm okay with this. So we have to give people a practice and a meditation practice that says, even in your hardest times, this stuff still applies. This wisdom is still relevant to you. And then, Baji, your last message, or Lena, what would you lastly like to say to the Sangat, you know, about the whole terminology of happiness? What would you like to say? Yeah, so I think my, my final and last message about happiness is that happiness has to be understood as something that is internal and is beyond the mind. So your mind and your desires and your kaam krotlob mohankar, I see them as five sufferings. These are five dukhs and the, your, your mind is the cause of your suffering and meditation and Nam Simran is the, the, the absolute key to reach this kind of supreme happiness, which is what the Bhagats and the Gurus are talking about, which is this anand, this bliss or euphoria. Mm -hmm. It's possible, it's real, it's a reality. Anyone going through any suffering right now, know that we can, there is a method to get out of this. Thank you, Baji. Absolute pleasure to have you back on. And time goes by really quick. We'll be getting you back on in the future. God bless you. Um, Sangaji, really quickly, as we've learned so much today from Baji, and obviously Baji is delivering Guru Nanak Dev Ji's philosophy and teachings to us, so please support them. Go to Nanak Nam on any social media, Facebook, anything, they're there. Please check them out, support them, because it's Seva Dads like Baji who are doing selfless Seva within the community for us, for us to be able to learn. So I hope you enjoyed it. Have a good week ahead. If Please, Anna, maaf kariyo. Um, Vaikuji ka khalsa, Vaikuji ki fateh.